Welcome back. This is really episode one. If you watched episode zero, that was sort of our boot show. Today is the real deal. Today we're talking about the drama triangle. This is really important. It's germane to me. It's germane to you. It's germane to Joe. This is Joe Whitcomb. Uh, Joe, first of all, tell everybody how they can get a hold of you. 310-560-0726, or you can contact me through email at joe at rebuildingconnection.com. But the best way is just to text me. And just look at the bottom of the screen. If you're watching the video, um, look at the bottom of the screen. His phone number is available. Take advantage of that. As we have said on multiple shows, multiple times, take advantage of this information. If you're just on the podcast, please go check us out on Facebook. Just type in Reboot Your Relationship, okay? Or Joe Whitcomb, you'll eventually get to the right page. And if that's a problem, type in Lee Honish. I have 400 pages and produce a lot of shows. Um, but you will definitely find this show. You'll be able to find this video. You can see the two of us. We're here to help you. So today we're talking about the drama triangle, okay? The reason I am putting myself in these precarious situations, for those of you who follow me, um, is because they're germane to me. In fact, today, as recent as today, putting myself in a situation that was ultimately designed for me to fail. Um, so we're going to talk about this. We're going to talk about the drama triangle. So first and foremost... What the hell is a drama triangle? <laughs> well, if you don't mind, I'm gonna get into a little. We'll get into the drama triangle, but we have to have a little bit of a some uh, shared context and some language tools, understanding of some of the uh, some of the you know presuppositions that the reboot relationship and my trauma informed uh, relationship psychodrama and psychotherapy model is about. So, the first thing you know, Lee, is that I really believe you know that. To heal the war in the world, we have to heal the war between the sexes, right? Would you agree? But to really to heal the war between the sexes, we have to heal the war within ourselves. And so that's going to be part of understanding the drama triangle. And the other part of that also is going to be that idea that we live in a reflective universe. So um, you get back what you put into it or what you are given, right? It's that whole karma karmic shuffle or the sure. law of you reap what you sow, all that stuff. What we're putting out is, uh, you could call it the law of attraction, whatever. Those are the things that you have to, we want to try to also understand is how that is imprinted in our DNA, in our relationship DNA. Um, and also the idea here that we are the architect of our own evolutionary process and how we move through the world and how we make our choices in our relationships and how those relationships get, um, you know, uh, how they begin to emerge, how they co-create, all the, all these things. Because the other stance is that I always take with the reboot and uh, reboot your relationship in a rebuilding connection platform. And what we're creating here is the idea that we can't heal alone. And what I mean by that, you can only be healed in the context of relationships. Okay, I'm going to stop you right there. This yeah. was a debate earlier, yeah, yesterday. This was our debate, right? Yeah. So the common thing is, oh, you're out of a relationship. You should just get your shit together and be alone and learn how to be alone for a while. Um, we've talked about this on episode zero, but it is DNA encodedly impossible for a any living thing on the planet to be alone. That's right. Right. I mean, because that idea of trying to heal something, because my bias has been, and we've talked about this the other day, that 
you know, we are born into relationship for love, right? Connection, belonging, that sense of significance. We learned relationship through the context of relationship, all the good, the bad, the ugly stuff. We got wounded, right, in the context of relationship, betrayals, neglect, uh, violence, trauma, uh, whether you had a relationship where there was withholding of love, you know, the, the very sustenances of life and the force of life and the power of life is through love, right? So because we've been wounded there, right, we are, can only be healed in the context of relationship. And that doesn't necessarily mean a romantic relationship. Yeah. That's even you and I. Are no, that's a great segue, which I was going to say. I think people take that as... Oh, you need to be alone. And, no, you need to go out. And you need to be with your friends, and you need to you need to live life, right? That's right. That's I, right. I just somebody recently examined my life that mm -hmm. um, I had a long time relationship. Well, mm -hmm. it looks like you're having fun. Mm -hmm. I've had great moments of my time alone. Great right. times with great people. Sure. Because I'm at a point where it's about moment to moment, and whoever I'm with, I'm very direct with. Right. That's being assertive. Right, and that's a part of being kind of like we talked about the other day. We have our sword, you know, as men, penetrate the world, penetrate our women, penetrate, you know, to make that impact on ourselves and in the world. Because that sword is either going to leave a stain or a treasure. And so, what are we leaving here? What's the stain? What's the treasure? So, these are important things to be able to begin to think about because the relationship is the vehicle to our own transformation. Because when we, let's say, I'm just going to give you an analogy, okay? So my question, because a lot of times in a relationship, I always get into the drama triangle and we start talking about the relationship or the uh, persecutor, the blamer, which are two one-up positions, or you have this one-down position of the victim, right? The powerless, helpless victim. So we all have this initiation point in that we all have our stance. You have your stance in the relationship. I have my stance. And then we co-create this dance. It's like a vicious cycle. So let's say growing up, you are handed this very difficult calculus problem called life, love, relationship, connection, belonging, all these things. You're handed this trauma or some issue or something very challenging for you. So, but all you, are, all you have to solve that calculus problem is what? You've only learned the fifth grade level fractions, decimals, integers, algebraic reasoning. So to survive, you found some strategy, way to solve that calculus problem. It worked for a moment for that little kid to survive. It worked, right? It worked, whether you hid out in your room or you avoided or you turned to false solutions for a real need for connection or belonging. So maybe you turned to drugs, alcohol, pornography, whatever it was to get that little kids needs met, right? So we learn to exchange that authentic, true part of us in exchange for a connection relationship because that's food. So now we're adults and you're handed the same calculus problem, but we're still operating out of that wound and solving that problem with these fifth grade level fractions, decimals, integers, algebraic reasoning. And we're thinking, hey, this is gonna work, right? So this is where developmentally in our relationships and life and love, our curriculum for life and love, where we get stuck, we get kind of frozen. So is this ultimately why so many relationships just fail? That is a big part of it, absolutely. Because again, you can't, you know, 
Relationships can only be healed in the context of a relationship because now we get into these trauma loops or trauma bonds. So when you're in pain and hurt and, you know, and, you know, and then we start to blame the other person, you know, so like for instance, so let's say your woman's freaking out. Okay. So what? Okay. She's freaking out. She's a deep, beautiful ocean. She's got deep currents, high tides, low tides, rip tides. You know, she's got that and she's going to be crashing on your beach, your earth, and your earth is trying to absorb that, take it in, feel it, experience it. You know, she can kick snot, do whatever she needs to on me because I'm, I got big shoulders, a big back. You know, I got, you know, I'm here to hold that space. But so what gets triggered in that moment, and we'll get into the drama triangle, is there's something happens, right? And you have a story about what just occurred, right? And we're adding, subtracting meaning, looking for evidence for there's something wrong with me. So so what if she freaks out? Because we're not afraid necessarily. This is about fear, shame, all these other emotions that come into play because it's not, it's not that we're so much afraid of her reaction, even though she could be kind of that big, competent adult in the relationship. It's our reaction to her reaction that we're most afraid of our reaction to her reaction that we are afraid to confront and face. Because now I'm triggered into my own story about, hey, I'm not being good enough, I'm feeling falsely accused, misportrayed, hurt, go good, go away. And then so the more, you know, she, you feel like she's kind of, you know, it's kind of like, think of it like, you know, you have the homeostate, you're, you, the thermostat set at 70 degrees. That's where intimacy, love, connection occurs, right? 70. So she may run a little hotter, like 75, 80. And intuitively, we think dynamic, you know, we think, oh, to keep it at 70, I got to go a little cooler to 60. Now we're not closer together. We're actually further apart. We're, we're now more distant, right? We're not closer. So you think, well, She's getting hot. So now we're at 90. She's going to 90 to get it to 70, and you're going to 50. Well, that, that She pursues, you would draw, and you get in this whole drama triangle where the rescuer is trying to rescue. And, right? I'm giving too much away. All right. We right. need to go through the drama triangle. But I, I want to make this clear because it, it occurred to me. Yeah. And this is where games start. This is where the game starts. Right. I'm playing you on a passive-aggressive level or I'm doing this to get the reaction I want because I don't want this taken away from me. Right. And this is where the cycle begins. Well, it probably started way before that. It begins even before you meet that person. This didn't occur if you kind of were to track through all of your relationships, right? And you look There'd at the loop, threads. you will find a common thread and you go, wow, and again, we're solving for X, right. the X factor. Right, right, right. Never get beyond X, so why are we not getting beyond X, right? So then we go into a question like, oh, what's wrong with them? What's wrong with me? We're trying to solve X factor in the this calculus problem, right? So we're asking, well, what am I supposed to learn here about myself and this person? And you fear, there's all this fear and frustration, fatigue, failure, all this, all that, because we're trying to control the other person and the outcome, right? There's that control. So we try to solve for X, the X factor. We never get beyond that, asking that question. The hard thing, Lee, is there's this other part here, over here. What we're not willing to learn, because we learned it in our childhood, it became part of our identity, our character, our personality, is the fifth grade level fractions, decimals, integers, and algebraic reasoning. 
and to close the gap between here and there. And that's hard for us to see because those become patterns or fixed ways of being and how we learn to you know, relate. Because here's the thing, your conflicts are your, let's say, greatest teachers, right? They're here <laughs> yes. by design. They're the very irritant that forms like a pearl in an oyster of our own growth and enlightenment and transformation. But it's hard to see the picture when you're in the frame. It's really hard to see that part of us that is also running a pattern, whether you're, you know, an island, because you're saying, okay, I gotta be an island, and my fear is I'm gonna be a master, powerless or helpless, or I'm gonna lose my sense of sovereignty, my I, you know, you're in that fixed kind of binary role, these binary positions of, I'm, I'm a withdrawer, I'm an, I'm an island, I don't need anyone, I'm okay. And then you have this other person over here who's kind of more of a wavy pursuer, initiator, and their fear might be running in this pattern around um, being abandoned or rejected. And so they protest, right? So if you're getting all those texts on the phone, right? like, ah, what are they fighting for? What are they protesting? Right, right, right. But this also creates the not a tree the syndrome not. as well. Right. Right, where ultimately you get into a position where you've backed yourself so far of, I did this with him, I did this with him, I kept looking for this out of her, I, right? Mm -hmm. Until finally you're at a point where I gotta cut this thing down to the stump. Right, right. And cut start over. Start over, right. Right? Right. Well, that's what it seems like, right? Because what you're missing is the third <laughs> pole, what you both, because you're in these, both in these fixed binary positions. Okay. And you both have This to, is your segue. This is a segue, getting into this third pole, the we, right? Because you're saying, well, I can heal on my own. Well, anyone can be on an island and you don't have to deal with relationships and be, you know, fully self, you know, uh, you can be fully, um, you know, three ways, Lee, three. One is I'm broken within, right? I'm broken here within myself. You're broken, your person, your partner, we're all broken within and, and that's hard to... <laughs> To, and that's part of understanding and owning our story of our transformation. So we're broken here. And, you know, I always say hurt people hurt people and broken people break people because that's what we do. And that's how we try to fix because we keep reenacting the same exact pattern over and over again, but getting the same results over this. And that makes it very challenging for us to break through. Because the question is, what am I not willing to learn here? And that's a very humbling thing to be able to do. It takes humility to face that. So in any conflict here, there are multiple dimensions occurring simultaneously that no one dimension can explain the entire conflict. So it's impossible because we keep looking at the other person saying, you're the problem. And, the, and when you, so if I'm pointing out an issue or something, hey, let's work on this, right? And then you're saying, well, you're the problem for pointing out the problem and the way to deal with the problem, like you just said, cut the tree down, leave, leave it a stump, raise it to the ground, leave, you know, abandon. And that's operating out of a trauma, right? So the only problem with the worst parts of you is our own refusal to accept them, to accept that. And if you're triggered and I get triggered, we all get triggered into that vicious cycle. 
And it's always about you and it's never about the other person. So in my book, Reboot Your Relationship, I talk about the power of one. It takes only one person to change the rhythm of that dance. And that's, you know, and you're gonna, and you don't just see these dynamics, these, these drama triangles happen in, you know, intimate romantic relationships, but I'm sure in business, and you're in the real estate business and the fight, you see these patterns. Certainly in the marketing business. Marketing business, real estate, any so is your product, for sure. Anytime you have this. So this isn't just good for you in your romantic relationships or your intimate partnerships or friendships. This is good for all of us to begin to understand how these patterns begin to emerge and how they begin to show up and how do we find source solutions to getting to that. Because this person over here, you might find it, very complex and hard because again there's many 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 dimensions here that we have to begin to understand about human nature and our what we're trying to solve in that moment and it may have been something that you know we're reenacting from our own family of origin i see this in business and going to organizations all the time and they're all running the same family of origin trauma and roles that they picked up and what they learned as children, you know, and we continue thinking, well, the strategies worked, it worked then, it's I survived, but what worked for us as kids and as children, you know, where we were wounded in some way in trauma, and we created very adaptive models and strategies and ways to survive and to work through things, and where we became that little, we became very black and white, right, all or nothing, rigid, tight, inflexible. Tighten the body, relentless, angry, pissed, mad. And you feel all that occurring in your body and all that stuff's occurring for you. And you get all this stuff happening. You're going, I'm not the problem, you know? And the other person's saying, well, I'm not the problem. Because to move into what we're going to move into, out of the out of the, we're going to talk about the drama triangle, but also the empowerment triangle where instead of being a rescuer or prosecutor or victim, how do we become coaches and challengers and co-creators to begin to understand how to break through and break through these upper limit barriers to love and connection belonging? And there's a great quote by Rumi, right? His quote is, our task is not to find love. It's here. It's connection. belong. It's all here. It's all available and accessible to us. It's our barriers that we have set against it, against love, against the connection, against the solution, right? To find it. And that's really super important. So the other thing that we get into when we begin to understand these patterns and what patterns I'm running and what you're running, and we can begin to focus on finding sourcing solutions, because again, you're going to see the same pattern and problem in your work relationships, your love relationships, every, your children, all these things that begin to come up. And that creates frustration, you know, and fatigue. So we're trying, we want to be able to move out of that space. So. Moving forward, tell me about the drama triangle. Well, there's three, there's three stances, right? You have two, one, so in any pattern relationships, and if you can kind of understand First, there's always going to be kind of this one, and a lot of times there's this one up, one down type of relationship. So, so Lee, when you look at this one up, one down pattern, what does that look like to you? A ladder. A ladder. A ladder. Okay, it looks like a ladder, one up, one down. Okay. And it also looks like part of a triangle. It looks like part of a triangle. Okay, what else? 
Um, I don't know. What am I missing? I feel dumb. You're not dumb. <laughs> well, you have your parent, right? Right. So you're a parent, and where's a child in the position? Secondary. They're, they're, yeah, they're, you're, you're here. I'm the primary, they're the secondary. Right. And so it looks like a parent-child relationship. Okay. okay. How does that feel in a relationship when you're with someone that is also... Where it's not side-by-side. Side. Right, right. So you have that one-up-one-down type of dynamic. Okay, what else does it look like? Teacher-student... You know, you got the sure. the rescuer victim, right. the perpetrator, the, the And victim. I can say this, having had business partners and relationships where someone wasn't at my equal, how do I say this without sounding asshole? It's like a Dancing with the Stars, right? right? Let's say you're like Dancing with the Stars and you have all the right moves and grooves and you've got the moves down and you're in a partnership with somebody okay, who either isn't want, they're off drinking Kool-Aid, they don't want to be on the dance floor, is what you're saying, or they're taking a passive or aggressive stance, or they're saying, hey, I don't like your dance style, I'm not going to play with you or dance with you, um, or they don't want to dance, or they just feel helpless and powerless to want to learn new dance moves, right? These are, that's another one up, one down type of dynamic, and you're looking as a rescuer, you're going, hey, I see, you know, you're feeling stuck here and you try to help because as as rescuers, heroes, you know, you're altruistic. You have that altruistic desire to help. But it's coming from your own unmet need of feeling like if I can make them okay, then I'm okay. And if they're not okay, then I'm not okay. That becomes kind of a codependent, vicious dance too, right? So you have the lover of the beloved, this, and, you know, and you have... The sinner, the sinner, the saint. I mean, good night. There's so many okay, patterns. Okay, so I'm going to bring this up because... Bring that into a relationship having, now. Oh, my God. I had time with you now. Yeah. Right? All my relationships, I try to keep side by side. Even if it's you and me, if it's the person I want to go out with. Right. Um, I can't have an inequity. Right? right. The only time it happens is possibly with my daughter, but I put her on a platform where she's next to me. Mm -hmm. where she can share her heart openly with me. Mm -hmm. um, and it's really tough for me because, again, we go back to the trauma thing that we discussed before right. of that's not the way I was raised. Right. Right. You keep it all inside. You keep your shit Stuff together. Stuff it all down. Stuff it all down. And 30-some-odd years of, I'll be honest, 40 years of doing that. Right. Right. Has ultimately put me where I am today where I have dysfunctional relationships with a hero complex, right? I'm wired to fix. Mm -hmm. I got to fix it. I got to... It doesn't matter if it's you. It doesn't matter if it's my daughter. Right. Got to so, fix it. Okay. So you got to go with... So you're the instigator, initiator to fix things, right? No one wants to be fixed. No one wants to be fixed because they want... <laughs> you can be a coach. You can be a challenger. You can be a you know, co-creator. But imagine the resentment we can all feel and a lot of times people want that love and service and you know create that safe place but as soon as you because again all these expectations that you're trying to manage right all these multiple dimensions that are going on right because expectations without a mutual consent and agreement creates this resentment because you have a superior inferior and this is just wired into the dna of a relationship or dynamic or pattern and it's all happening unconsciously, but this is the curriculum that you and I have been talking about, what we need to solve for the X factor, right? And to reboot the relationship, 
And the reason I came up with Reboot Relationship, kind of like your computer, right? Your computer, when you first buy it, it's functional, it works, you, you push, you know, start, it turns on, you turn this. But over five, six, seven years, right, in relationships, and if you haven't downloaded the 1.0, 2.0, 3.0 upgrades, downloads, what's going to happen? Your computer begins to freeze up. You go into that pinwheel, the spin wheel of death. You get frozen. You're in this gridlock, and now the computer that worked great now is like frozen, and you're like stuck in this emotional gridlock, and you never get beyond it because you haven't, you haven't, and the, your partner and the people around you haven't taken the time to really go, okay, what is really going on here, so we can begin to download new context, language, tools resources, love maps, you know, knowing, okay, what's your dream? What's my dream? What's your fears? What's your fears? Really getting authentic and raw and vulnerable. And that's what we need to learn as men to take the mask of the masculine off. And because we got to understand that there is this wounding of the patriarchy, the masculine, and we've all hurt each other, this mutual injury that goes on. Not intentionally, we're all trying to be, you know, have <coughs> good hearts here about it, but there's a process. Okay. Does that make sense? It does make sense, but that also creates something we discussed earlier, mm -hmm. an incredibly dangerous dynamic. Yeah, the drama triangle. Right? Where you have now, with our time together and doing this show and what we do, mm -hmm. now I want to be present constantly, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. yep. And I want to give as much as I can give. When that dynamic shifts in my personal relationships, mm -hmm. I also have to be prepared for people who see my boundaries mm -hmm. as hard, fast, mm -hmm. right? That's the wall. Right. Well, and because they're so used to me being this open, honest, caring individual that I, you've helped me create, right? Yeah. Through our time here. Yeah. Well, this is where whenever we create change within ourselves, right? It's the, you know, it's like, okay, and the Marines have landed and we've trained people. We train people from birth to death, you know, how to treat us with our own forest boundaries. And boundaries are really good, right? So boundaries are two things. One, a boundary can be to protect us from the world, quarantining it, keeping the good stuff in, the bad stuff out. That's a boundary, quarantining it. Your skin is like a boundary. Let's in the light, let's in the air, let's in the food, but it also... So boundaries can be very good and healthy and hard, you know. And so maybe along the way, we've trained people to expect certain things of us. And all of a sudden, there's a new sheriff in town and we just nailed the 33 theses to the door and said, this is our new religion and this is who I'm going to be going forward. And they're not going to like it. You know, it's kind of like that's kind of a, because you know, now they're hitting not a wall. So the boundary is I'm going to protect myself from the world or I'm going to protect me from the world, right? So it's two things. It's the internal boundary and an external boundary. So that's that, right? So, And then you have, again, that one-up position, one-down position. And the one-up position sometimes is that position of, again, the rescuer or the perpetrator, which is also grandiosity, right? We're like, I'm the hero. I'm the boss. I know it's best for you. You don't know what you're doing. You don't know what, you don't know what you're thinking. And then the one down is what the victim is in a sense of powerlessness and helplessness or shame or fear, right? And so we're constantly popping down to shame. I'm not good enough. I'm not able to measure up. I can't connect. I'm frustrated. 
You know, we get stuck in that vicious cycle of confusion, frustration, fatigue. You know, I can't connect. I'm trying to make all these things occur and work out. And, you know, I'm trying to work towards this resolution, restore, repair, and reconciliation, get it back to good. But it, stay, it doesn't go, because in relationship, you know, it's the good, the bad, the ugly. Sometimes things go bad. And so you want to resolve that. But when bad stays bad, it stays ugly because there is no reparation or repair back to good, right? That's the, the ugly. So again, the opposite of the pearl. The opposite of the pearl, where the other person may... Fester and... Fester and got the irritant, right. So they're spitting it out, like they're spitting out the, uh, the hope that could be there to resolve the problem. The, so by withholding resolution, by withholding love, by withholding that ability to reconcile and to get to the reparation, reconciliation, any relationship, is this, that's part of the vicious cycle. And what's driving that is maybe your fear of loss or abandonment, rejection, and not getting resolved, or it's their fear of loss, you know, but you get this, there's a payoff, right? The payoff is I win, you lose. You know, um, you you know you're right, you I'm wrong. wrong. Right. You know, yeah, I'm dom right, you're wrong. Domination, avoiding domination, superior, inferior, that type of dynamic keeps going on, which ultimately takes us out of one really important thing, and it's all we do in coaching and therapy, and this is a hard, this is one of the hardest things for any of us to learn, is that this is all about personal responsibility. Because what is the impact and the cost of so this is what we got to understand about the drama triangle, um, that the participants in the drama triangle create misery. It creates, you know, for themselves and others. And I always say, well, there's I misery. I feel less than, I want to die, whatever, right. whatever the vicious loop is. Right. When in fact, and, and I've said this, which I thought I was living to in my relationships, period, which is everything is a 50-50 proposition, period. Mm -hmm. Even with my daughter, right. I truly believe it's a 50-50 proposition. Right. And what you're saying is actually true because in my relationships, in all my relationships with people, I'm always trying to find where's my, I need to take 100% responsibility for my 50%, right? Where the prosecutor or the persecutor or the villain, they're saying you're 100% responsible for 100% of the problem. Or the victim will say, you're 100% responsible for my pain and suffering. And the rescuer is saying, I'm 100% responsible for 100% of the relationship. So we're all taking, we're all disavowing. And so the impact of that is going to be what, Lee? What's the impact of this? Because the goal here is we want to transform this lose-lose dynamic into creating a uh, more positive outcome for you, relationships, your business, your, your coaching, whether it's you're... It's creating the inequity. It's creating, yes. And ultimately, what you're telling me and what I'm reflecting is it creates an inequity. It creates an, in, in, in equity, an inequity, an imbalance. <laughs> it creates an off-balance thing, and nobody wants to be... You know, I've been in relationships, and that tends to be a pattern, right? And so you can't, you know, and, and even being... No one wants to be in a relationship with a therapist or a coach, right? I want to be the husband. I want to be the father. I want to be the friend. I don't want to be the therapist, right? Sorry, that's hilarious. It's the funniest thing you've said today. Um, nobody. Nobody. No, who wants? Nobody. Who because wants? there's always an inequity. You know more than me. You, but that's Explain not, those words to me. Explain right, what right, you right, said, right? Right, right. It gets tiring get, from my perspective of 
Just be you. Right. Just be I'm you. I'm I'm involved with you as a friend or whatever. Just let's, be you. Let's come alongside and face these dragons together and name and tame and, and work through it, you know, so that we are in a co-created partnership, leapfrogging up that mountain together. Not that I have you have your strengths, I have my strengths and values, and we have our clashing personalities at times. You know, we're both alpha male, but we have to learn to also as adults you know, functional adults in all of these relationships is several things. One is the idea of being nuanced. And when I say nuanced... <laughs> That's a big word for me. Well, nuanced means... Because I don't own that. means I'm flexible, right? Oh, it's that when yeah. that... When, it's kind of like when the tiger comes in the room, you're fierce, right? As a warrior, you're fierce. You're either going to kill that thing, protect your lovers, friends, keep everybody safe, you know, or you flee... You know, or nuances when there's a little baby, you know, you're tender, you're holding it, you're nurturing it. When the baby's hurting, crying, you give it comfort. And when it's your woman, you know, you're nurturing and loving and you're compassionate. You, you know, you're there to, you know, provide that sense of, because her deepest psychic craving is always going to be, you know, um, and the $96 million question for all of us really is, are you there for me? Can I count on you? Do you have my back? Do I matter? Am I important? Are you accessible? Are you engaging? Are you responsive? Right? That's part of the nuance of being in and also with your business people, like the people that are your clients. You know, they're asking the same question. You know, are you there for me? Do you got my back? Yes, no. If it's yes, you got their business. If it's no and you're running another pattern or uncertainty, they're gonna go somewhere else. Right? Okay. And same thing in your relationships. So I have to ask. So just my basic understanding of psychology and marketing and what I know. Right. People say you don't really know the person for two to three years into a relationship before they really drop their guard. When you really drop your guard at the beginning, like you are really authentic from the beginning, mm -hmm. right? And you're creating, this is who I am, and then you do something that's completely out of the norm. Right. Especially in short-term relationships. Right, right. You also have to be prepared for dramatic changes in your partner, right? Well, yeah, because when you're entering into a relationship in the very beginning, that's when you have the greatest level of certainty and sense of safety and you kind of feel like, but it's a false, it's a false trust because you haven't earned trust. Trust is something you build over time and experience. But when we give away trust too quickly or too soon, then guess what happens? We and you're you're supposed to be the safe haven and secure base, and all of a sudden you have a bad day, a really bad day, and now all that false sense of security because it hadn't been really tested in the crucible of that relationship, you end up repeating the same vicious cycle. But you have to have two powerful people that are accommodating, adjusting, and leaning into that third pole to break through those upper limit barriers to. Because you go from a sense of certainty, safety, security, that's, these are six core human needs, you know, and you create a lot of uncertainty now about that love, connection, belonging, and your contribution. People get scared and you, and you trigger a fear response or the, the circuitry of the nervous system, the amygdala or that emotional part of your brain hijacks the thinking brain going, I, I thought I knew you. I don't know who you are, you're this crazy guy, blah, blah. And they start running away, running a pattern of that sphere. And their circuit, you know, they're not able to hit the circuit breaker and to resolve it, 
And so they stay stuck and, and then you're feeling powerless to try to resolve it, right? So these patterns ensue and become part of that two, the, the one up, one down type of uh, relationship dynamic. And you can see that in pretty much any of your relationship. And if that's happening, you know, our reboot, your relationship um, intensives. What's that we the do? phone number? 310-560-0726. Look at the bottom of the screen, by yeah. the way. I know I zoomed in on Joe, but I got tired of just bobbing my head up and down. And really, this is about Joe. So well, it's about us. It's about the we. I get the that. It's about the collective mind share of all of us together. I think people care about my drama. I think they care about you and what you can bring to them, and that's why this is about you. But let's go but further. But your drama is amazing. It's the curriculum I need to work through. You know, It's like, hey, you got some content. So here. there are multiple truths. Yes. We are at crisis on infinite earth, basically. Right. I know I've been watching it, were, and I'm going to get it in. We're many-making machines. So, yeah. so because I had this situation come up with my ex recently, right? I'm not disputing what she's saying about right, me. Right. They are truths to her. Right. Well, and they might even be actual truths. Right. Right. So I can learn from that. I can reflect that to someone of your caliber. By the way, phone number at the bottom of the screen. Right. And go, hey, this is what she's saying. Is this true about me? Well, here's the thing. Again, we're talking about, you're, you're talking about truths, okay, perceptions uh, of reality. And, and yes, it's one of the core things for, uh, you know, women have that core need emotionally to feel that you validate their reality and their experience, right? Their reality experience, because we all have our own reality and our own experiences. Does it make it truth? Well, it, like you said, it's true for them from their experience. And to come alongside and to validate them and to understand, hey, you know, that's, you make sense to me, right? That sense of validation, you make sense to me without getting defensive and going, what the, you know, you're, you know, you're just being crazy, which I hear all the time, those labels, okay? You're crazy, and you're a psychopath, you're right. a sociopath, you're a this, you're all a these, that. Right, all these comparisons, right? And comparison's the root of suffering and a thief of joy. So that's gonna be the thing that we get all these comparisons about. So instead of stopping and slowing things down, observing, processing, and doing reality testing, perspective checking, because you're hurt, I'm hurt, we're hurt, you know, we're both in this hurt, pain, fear cycle dance, and you gotta stop. You gotta stop the cycle and say, I gotta take a time out for me. I love you. Let's just come back and reset and try to work through this, but having another lens on it, because this is really super important that we are all learning as each player and is we're all in particular playing this mind game and it begins by assuming that there are some archetypical roles that we are also playing, the victim, the rescuer, and the persecutor. Okay, now here's a shock for you, Lee. There are six people in every relationship. Okay. I can't wait for this one. Okay, because you're talking about perception, right? Okay, so first, there's you, right? Yep. You just, he's over here to my right. You can't yep, see I him. am. I'm. Wait, okay. hold on. Just for everybody on video, I'm right here, but I'm watching all the video. Episode was so important, right? Because there's six people. There's there's you, right? Okay. How you view you, your reality, your experiences, your past, your your pain. Those are your. That's your experience. That's you. How you view you. How you view me. Okay. How you're experiencing me. I hear that. How I'm showing up for you and how you're 
all your projections and all your hurt and pain and how you're like, ah, you're now this bad guy. There's no bad guys. And then there's me, how I view myself with all my subjectivity and my hurts, pain, suffering. And then there's me, how I view you. Okay, now we have four. I'm viewing you. Look at that guy doing, he's in his crazy vortex, whatever. Judgment, perception, all these things. And we don't, and so we're, all there's, now we start getting these, all these cognitive distortions of disqualifying, disqualifying the positive, this polarization of black and white, all or nothing, this overgeneralization, all these cognitive distortions, I can give you a list of them, there's about 50, that we continue to put, we play this game and put project onto that person. And now the two, the two other people here, there's the reality, who we are without all those stories and projections, who we truly are as a human being. You know, it's two broken people trying to work together and to solve things. There's your, who you truly are and who I really am. And that's colliding. So I always say we're broken three ways, right? Within, or within myself, my I, your I, and then we also have this other part where we're broken as a we. That third person is a we, right? And that's the other part that is really transformative when you can understand that in that we're broken relationship, we're healed in the context of relationship, and we keep running this game. Because here, the one down position with, let's say that one that goes to that feeling of powerlessness and helplessness and shame and pain and hurt, you know, that's that helpless, there's that victim is saying, and I don't like using the word victim, but it's, it's the drama triangle. Um, but that person who's hurt, okay, they, they, it's really hard for them to see how they're also contributing to the pattern and the problem because they, there's that feeling of there's nothing I can do, nothing I can say to change the situation or this person. That's another control thing, right? So, you know, again, the impact is now we're denying responsibility for their own negative circumstances and situations and deny possession of their own power and freedom to choose something different and to change that. And then they do less than 50% and won't take on a stand, you know, or they're super sensitive about stuff. And rightfully so, but it's learning what is that sensitivity about and wanting everyone to take off the kid gloves so that, you know, um, and pretend that they're impotent and incompetent, you know, because they're little children with adults, you know, who were incompetent giants telling them that they were always wrong. And they, they've learned to take that on giving away power, you know, hustling for all that we want, right? Love, acceptance, approval, validation, significance, negotiation, negotiation leaning in. That was not possible, right? If I do this, I get this. If I do this, I'll get that, right? So I got to do this. So give away power. Now and the it's hustle, transactional. And the hustle is uh, transactional. Yeah. It's that pleasing and pretending, <clears throat> putting the mask on, right. okay, instead of being authentic and Mommy, vulnerable. Mommy, daddy, love me. Just love me. Just accept just me. Just love me and tell me just I'm okay. Just love me, accept me, tell me I'm okay. I'm okay. You're okay. Please tell me I'm okay. Because if you're not okay, I'm not okay. And I got to make you okay. If you're okay, I'm okay. But we're all okay here. It's just that we got to understand that there's some other pattern being run that's creating this vicious cycle and dance. Right? Right. So let me tie this all up into a big bow. Have you gotten all the technical stuff out of the way before I get to a no. couple of practicals? I got two Do more. Do technical. Let me go through the rescue. Do it. The rescuer is, okay, they're coming at this or constantly applying some short-term um, repairs or, um, rest, you know, they're trying to fix, I hear this all, I'm trying to fix that person, this victim's problems, right? 
which creates a lot of resentment in a relationship while neglecting their own self-care needs, right? So you try to save the whole world, losing your own soul, you're depleted. It's kind of like a fireman, right? A fireman is a rescuer. So they're taking care of everyone else's house that's burning down. Their house is burning down. So I go to take care of their house. It's burning down. I'm a first responder in my past. I still am in a lot of ways because I deal with crises and relationships and trauma. But their house is burning down and they're neglecting your own house, right? And now your fire is on my fire, on my house, and my house is burning down, but I'm still neglecting my house and my home and my business and my people I love to keep them safe and protected. And now I'm taking care of your house and your home and it's burning down. And now you're doing, but you're doing nothing to put, the victim's doing nothing to put out the fire or yours is going down and they're not coming alongside you to help you put out your fire, right? Because that's the community, that's the tribe. We, you know, we're all in this together, right? So they're always working hard to help other people. And you as a husband or wife or business person or partner in any relationship, if you find yourself stuck, like I'm always, you find yourself in that same as initiating and they're receiving and accepting it. They're doing the acceptance. You know, you're giving it. And, and then all of a sudden you're like, hey, I have to take care of myself now and that piss because you're setting a boundary okay and it might be coming out of a you know and there i do want to make distinctions later on about boundaries and rules because boundaries are healthy healthy boundaries rules are operating out of a wound or a fear and so you set these rigid rules and it's always no and no is if you're always saying no to things that's a rule that's no or i need you to change no i need you to change right and instead of going, let's figure this out together and negotiate and co-create something where it's powerful for both of us to be in this relationship. Let's right? stop right there because it's important because that goes back to practical examples for me. The correct terminology would be, hey, this doesn't work for me. Can mm -hmm. you do X, Y, Z? Would that bother you? Is that ex Again, we go back to the same word that we started episode zero with, which is... Be yeah. present, express real emotion. I mean, you're saying something that's really important and true. It's how do you set the table for the other person to sit down and eat, right? Because if you're saying, hey, this food doesn't work for me, you, what you just cooked, well, then I'm going to take that like... You're let okay. me give you a practical so, example on that. So you can say, well, let me give you... Let okay. me just circle this up. By, because when you start with leaning in, understanding, validating, and gratitude, and you're saying, hey, I am so grateful for everything you're trying, I see what you're doing here. And you know, you took all that time and energy to make this meal for me and to sit down and eat. You created all this time, quality time. Um, um, but uh, I just, I, I wanted to just ask for some reasonable accommodations here that I'm allergic to lima beans and bananas and you keep feeding me lima beans and bananas and I can't eat lima beans and bananas. And you know, can we, can we talk about this? Right. But you keep feeding me lima beans and bananas, right? So you hear that there's this setting the table. All you the can time. hear the grace and the the gratitude and the compassion. And the I see your good. I see your innocence and not your guilt. However, I let me coach you here. You know, confront that and be more assertive, and then let's co-create something that is a shared thing, right? Because that's where rescuers tend to need to become better at coaching rather than rescuing, and then. Um, they're usually a lot of times rescuers like we can get angry like exploding doormats because they're constantly pleasing pretending proving perfecting 
making sure, and that's a, that's another form of control out of our own feeling of I need to make, for me to feel worthy and loved, I need to make everyone okay, right? And that becomes, you know, you get angry and you become that exploding doormat. And I've heard this. Uh, right. It's a, it's the age-old debate of if you were served a bad meal, what would you say? Right. right? What would you say? Well, I would say, I appreciate this. I appreciate that. This just doesn't particularly work for me. And right. depending on who you interview, and I've heard this a million times, as a foodie, I would just tell them I don't like the food. Right. Really? You don't? believe in the care and the time they put into the food, mm -hmm. the table setting, the right. setting of the room. That's right. Right. Um, You're ignoring and disqualifying all the other parts. All the other parts, right. Everything else that was contributed to you, right. served to you out of the love. The care and the love. The, the care and the love, right? right. You tried. Right. And so the rescuers go out, now they're acting, they get, you know, they get into this kind of loud or quiet martyr type. Now they become the powerless victim, you know, the powerless, helpless victim. So how likely... Um, based so on me possibly being a rescuer. Right, you are. I am. <laughs> All right. and, and you're a fighter. So, so you, you what got, are the odds got... that when somebody trips this circuit on me, I just set fire to the room and go, fuck you? Well, that's right. Because what's happening internally for you when someone rejects what you're offering? Right. Because I know, it, right? I know every second right. I put into the care and that love. Right. And you feel rejected and abandoned, right. and that might, might and then good. trigger the trauma, and, and then the and cycle begins. Right. So find the trauma, find the wound, and you'll find where you need to heal. Because what they're saying, because people like that, are rescuers are tend to tend tend to have a trauma, uh, uh, abandonment, grief, and trauma, and they get into that trauma, uh, the swirl, right, the shattering of self, and not good enough, and the withdrawal. Kind of like this opiate drug, internalizing that same story. I'm not good enough. I'm not the rage. I start raging out or rage in. I and then do swirl, that at all. Not you. Not me. But because you feel this pain, right? <laughs> well, you're a fighter, right? You're a fighter. Yes. Because you've been trying to take care of you being the rescuer, right? Now you're taking on all this pain because it's your pain. It's your hurt and you're the rescuer. You just want to be gotten because you want that other person to rescue you too because that's just your projection. You're doing what you want other it's like the love language right you're doing what you want you're you're speaking a language that you want other people to interpret and translate but they're not speaking your language so you get angry and you rage okay now have you ever hit in a wall and bust uh, it yeah. puts a hole in the wall many times when i have clients do this i say i want you to go to that wall i want you to stare and look as long as you can at that wall and because that hole represents something symbolically that you could not communicate or express emotionally or relationally about your pain, abandonment. You have so much, you feel so much pain, then you become, you go from rescuer to victim, and then you're not gonna stay victim because then you go to the persecutor, the prosecutor, the, the blamer, the, the villain. Now I'm punching holes in walls because that message The dance. You're the persecutor, right? Now you're in because that's another place. Because these are moving parts, right? right? You're not always in one place, but you have an entry point or a doorway that you walk through first. So 
as a rescuer, you want your heart to be seen as good. See my innocence, not my guilt. I'm trying to help. But then persecutors go into the blame game and you're the problem and the victims, and then they criticize and they put down and, and then, you know, the, and then there's all this enabling behavior and problem and they get critical and unpleasant and they're good at really fighting and finding fault and instead of finding the good, they're finding the bad. And, and then they oftentimes, you know, feel inadequate underneath these, it goes because the persecutor, they go to that grandiosity, that one up position and either get really boundaryless or they wall off like a turtle, either hailstorming or turtling up here, pulling into their shell because they're trying to avoid this one very core deep emotion and that's shame. And shame is corrosive is because that shame, the belief that we believe about ourselves and about when we have shame and experiencing shame, we believe that we can't change or there is no possibility for change. And so we bounce down to shame and then we bounce up to the grandiosity and become either the rescuer or the perpetrator or the persecutor. And we're constantly going in between those two things instead of being healthy, nuanced, flexible, and they are able to kind of relax, be gentle, humble, you know, yielding, relax in the body. We get really tight and we begin to fight, right? Or flee or freeze in that moment. And that's really painful, but that's where, um, you know, they can feel very inadequate or shame, like I'm not enough and to cover up that shame because anger can be healthy, but it's also usually what's underneath the anger is, you know, the anger can be secondary where that feeling of shame or inadequacy or not good enough or not measuring up or that story that we learned as little kids with our incompetent giants around us telling us we're not good enough, right? And then they control with threats and, and try to control and use order and rigidity and tightness. And then they get loud and, and quiet and stonewall and avoid. You know, stonewalling, by the way, is the ultimate form of domination. So really? the impact, yeah, it's dominating because there's no repair. There's You're no, actually validating my ex at this moment. That's the, well, you've been stonewalling her? Or you've been trying that's to That's what the entire last year of our relationship right, was. Right, 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 right. Right? Just yeah. shutting down and disconnecting. Well, by saying, oh, there's two types of relationship silence, right? One that serves a relationship. It says, I love you, I need, yeah. you know, but I need to... I, need I wish to, I could say, yeah, I need, but I need no. A, I need to take a time out, a heart, hit the circuit so breaker. So this is where the, you're a depressed person who needs medication or you need to fix you. No, your of, trauma, you have hurt and pain and trauma. You've never learned to solve the calculus problem. Still using old, antiquated, you know, skills, emotional skills that don't work in adult relationships. It doesn't work that way, right? So she's right. So... Right, she is. <laughs> so, but the other hopefully part, she'll never watch this. So there's, so there's, there's that part of you know the relational you know ability to lean in and connect and stay you know stay connected through the conflict, right? Because that's what we're here to heal, and that's our transformation in those moments. Now, the other relational silence, which is a silent treatment, and the you know stonewalling, which is an all you know is like a form of abuse and violence and domination because then there is no resolve. There is no repair. And the other person can't read your mind, doesn't know what's going on. And so they're protesting. They're guessing. They're trying to, they're trying to Especially guess. In a, and now there's no ability. Can you add in the digital age of adding text and being able to email with direct communication, which yeah. is, that's a real thing right now that's different than say a relationship from 10 years ago. Right, 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 right. 
Right, and that's the technology and the evolution of that, where people can go cold, they can ghost, you know, because I always say sometimes love's a ghost town. Yeah. Sometimes it's a circus, sometimes it's a dead end. Those strategies and those paths don't work. you got to find a way to get to a safe, secure base so that you can all work towards that together, right? So, so wait, before you go to the next section, again, how do people reach you? 310-560-0726. If you're watching the video, look at the bottom of the screen. And also you can email me directly at joe at rebuildingconnection.com. Fortunately for me, mm -hmm. right, I'm able to spend time with you and be able to do these amazing shows. Right. And so now my relationships are totally different, right? Like they're, I'm going to be present from the beginning, right? right? So my relationships out of the gate with everybody who's around me, including my daughter at this moment, just think I am the squishiest warm blanket that ever existed. Trying not to get emotional, and I'm glad I'm not on camera. Um, but the reason I say that, yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's true. But the reason I say that, right, I learned from my ex, right? I right. learned what she, what she had to say. Right. I learned that my business relationships were completely out of hand. Right. Right? I learned that my friendships were completely out of hand. Unworkable. Unworkable, right? They were transactional everything in my yeah. life was based on this transaction mm -hmm. right so let me that, get, why do you think did you is? get all your technical data in? yeah all, all right, right. So, so let's keep, go practical example i'm going to do this i'm glad i'm not on camera let's go with um my uh friend who came down here we talked about it episode zero right mm -hmm. who was injured right mm -hmm. instead of me being aware of her dilemma mm -hmm. right and being aware of how she felt, mm -hmm. right? I decided to record a podcast that based on her trauma, put her in a bad situation, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. I wish I would have thought further into it, right. right? Everything at this moment would be totally different. I truly believe that, right? Mm -hmm. After spending literally a week of trying to repair her and protect her. Trying to rescue her. Playing rescue her. Yeah. But Try ultimately, and here's where I'm so glad I'm not on camera, right? Mm -hmm. I did something indirectly mm -hmm. that injured her, mm -hmm. that caused her to literally flight reaction. Mm -hmm. I'm sure you've had experience in your own oh, life sure. with Absolutely. a lot of flight reaction sure. in your own life, right? Right, right. That, when that trauma, when you get triggered there. When yeah. you hit that button, right. I want to go home. Mm -hmm. I, I've had enough. Right, right. Right? right. So... Tell me how to fix that for them. Like how, as a human being, how aware do I have to be of everybody else and their feelings and what they're going through if I'm really going to have relationships with people? Right. Well, you know, it's all part of our own curriculum too, right? I'm 100% responsible for my 50%. Correct. So I am taking, I can... I'm so when that dragon gets raised, right? When that dragon raises and has you, anyone like dangling over the cliff in the terror, or maybe the, the high tides and the low tide comes in the terror of that low tide, or feeling overwhelmed, or you know, you get into that fight, flight, that whole trauma, you know, um, trauma loop that we get into, and that cycle. Um, it's to stop and hit the reset button, and you know, we're all responsible for our dragons. Now we can come alongside and help name and tame and slay that dragon, you know, because as a friend or as a partner can say, hey, 
I see, because we all also have to realize that our mirror neurons in our brain, we're always picking up on stuff all the time, constantly. And we have this affect contagion. We can absorb all that energy around us and go, ooh, there's something wrong here. And it's not you necessarily. It's just this is what we're taking on and, and repeating in our trauma, right? In our looping, in is our trauma bonds. Is it always about the inequity? No, it's not always about the inequity. But, but it seems to be, I, I just, just hearing what you're saying today, I mean, it's part My of it. My greatest fear but is again, always, but, but again, you're here, we're you talking, gotta, we're gotta, open, you gotta remember, and then somebody drops, and right. then boom. But you got to remember what I said There's in the very beginning. There are, there are multi-dimensions and layers to human conditions and relationships. Many, many, many dimensions. And it's not just one. It's not just the inequity. It's other things, too. You know, you could be equal. And what could that cause? Power struggles. Now you're clashing because you can't find a shared space and be flexible, you're more inflexible, right? Because you both are equals, you know, and you're both having a power struggle. That's a different type of conflict than, you know, a one-up, one-down relationship. Now it's two people that are alpha. You know, I deal with a lot, I deal a lot with people in marriage and that run marriages or businesses, and they get into these to people that feel they're right and they're competent. And so there's not a lack of, in, it's not an inequality. There is an equality here. It's just, are you, where are you willing to be flexible? And again, going back to where are, because there's this little part of the middle here where there's an inflexibility. Again, a fixed way of being, that's the power struggle, right? It's the immovable object and the unstoppable force, you know? And you know, who's controlling who? The immovable object, are they controlling? Sure, because they're always saying no and they're immovable. The unstoppable force, are they controlling? Yeah, I mean, everyone's controlling everybody, right? Everyone is controlling another person in one way or another. And until we take, create awareness, one, and acceptance of how that pattern continues to get shown, keeps showing up, because I'm an alpha guy, but I have also had to learn to be flexible and nuanced, right? I've had to learn that, you know, it's, you know, like it's the military, you know, it, I can't, it just, you can't, when you take an island in the military, you have to take the beach, but it's not just the Air Force or Army or Marines or Navy, you got to take it by air, land and sea, and you all have to work together to take on this island, right? Whether it's your business, your relationship, the negotiation. We're all working, trying to work together as perfectly imperfect human beings. And we have to learn the curriculum. And we've got to understand what is occurring within us that's blocking our evolution and our own transformation. Like I said, the war in the world will not be, we, we can't heal the war in the world until we heal the war between the sexes. And we can't heal the, the war between the sexes until we heal the war within ourselves. And that's going to take, you know, we've got to create a sense of where each of these archetypes, players, persons, whatever, sometimes there's an alternate, there's got to be an alternate or a switch, uh, you know, be able to switch roles here where during the course of any game or a course of any situation. Now, I love the uh, drama triangle because it was created for sports, uh, sports, working with sports players 
and also in business. So they use a lot of this in business. That's why I like because you're in a business and this is yes. working in the business of relationship and relationship business. For example, restaurant is who gets maybe changing this this changing this up a little bit. A restaurant is pushed too far by let's say the villain or the persecutor, right? Will switch to the role of a victim, right? They become the victim or they counter the persecutor or the prosecutor victims you know, begin to depend on a savior, some hero, somebody to rescue them. And then rescuers are yearning also for, you know, um, because they're looking for the basket case, the one that they need to go solve all their world problems because it takes the focus off of what they need to do that. And then the persecutors need a scapegoat. They need someone to blame, right? These are the patterns that continue to get emerged so while a healthy person getting in that health thing where they're nuanced, flexible, you know, working through all those things will perform in each of these roles in different ways, but the pathological role players that are fixed in that dominant role actively avoid leaving in, you know, uh, the familiar and comfortable you know, environment of that game. They've kind of become, again, that these binary positions that are fixed ways of being instead of being flexible and leaning into that third pole and whatever. And that's one thing we can talk How do you create that third pole? That is a mutual, here's where we're going. This is what we stand for, fight for our higher purpose. This is what, our, what we're moving through and championing. This is who we are. You know, we are, you know, so that's where, and, you know, it, you know, it, and there's, you know, some, a lot of stuff you can see even politics, right? You can see, I'm not going to name names because I'm, apolitical <laughs> but you know the misfortune you know of others that you know have um befallen them like there's uh, even in my relationships where i can be the rescuer and then become the victim and then become the you know the perpetrator and i'm trying to stay away from that drama triangle and move it into a more we can create and we'll do another segment on how do we move from the drama triangle into a, an empowered triangle of where the rescue again is more of a coach, right? And the pers persecutor, okay, what's going on here? So you can be more assertive and be more of a um, type of a um, challenger, right? Rather than putting someone down or instead of being the, the victim to be again, the creator uh, and the author of your own life, taking on that responsibility because that's where in each of these cases, the drama triangle is really an instrument and in, of destruction and, and and devaluation and you know and that's the pain you know that we see in the world and everywhere if you were to really take a look at everything around us that's what's occurring and the only way to escape the drama triangle is to function as an adult to participate in the game being on the court owning taking personal responsibility for how you're initiating that or accepting that you know and what you're laying down and receiving because a lot of times i i allow a lot of things in my life being a rescuer because but then my house is burning down and I have to set some boundaries, bottom lines, and now I'm the bad guy, right? You're not. You just have to realize that you have to start setting internal boundaries and external boundaries earlier on and managing expectations because expectations, again, without consent creates more resentment and this just, just downward. It's kind of like this vortex you're both getting sucked into, right? Absorbed into. And we got to break through these patterns really, and it's important steps that we can take. So let me give you the last example. Yeah. Um, business, mm -hmm. right? Yep. I emotionally poured my heart, my soul into an individual that I've mm -hmm. known for 12 years. Mm -hmm. 
completely platonic. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought, business-wise, this is the right fit for me, mm-hmm. right? And I gave her the new version of Lee, yeah. which is not the version she knew. Right. And then I set a boundary, mm-hmm. right? How hard, did you set, how hard did you set the boundary? We've had this discussion. It was yeah. pretty hard, right? Yeah, you set a hard line. Hard. Down, right? This is hard. Gordon Ramsay-style hard. So how did that come across then as? How did she receive that? Work it out, mm-hmm. right? It was, for the sake of discussion, for all of you listening or watching Joe at this moment, let's just go with, this is the sign up, do it, make it happen. Right. And when it didn't happen, I lost the client and I lost the partner. Mm-hmm. Because in both cases, emotionally, that for whatever reason, they could not handle it, Right. Or they, they couldn't handle it, or you couldn't handle it? I have no issue with what I did. Okay. But well, again, again, as a rescuer, it, here's but, what I'm hearing today. As yeah. a rescuer, I don't have a problem even going back to the case of my other friend. When you decided to go, part of me went, that's the last time I'm going to see you. And I'm okay with it. So why are you okay with that? I'm not. And you already know this. So you say you're okay with it. I Yeah, because... But you're not okay with when you that's make that motion of hey good for you for making a definitive action because okay we're going to go back to trauma right which is i already know that if i do something where i set a hard boundary for myself i know i'm going to not going to get love or respect or emotion or money or anything back from this situation and i am prepared to take the hit for saying no this is not okay to me All right right Okay. Including well, my ex. I mean, right. for the sake of discussion. Okay. Well, when you go into that particular role, right, again, how you set the table. How do you, is it a harsh startup or a softer startup? How does that, is it oh, a hard Oh, it's a complete line? soft start all the, but, all the way through, but then until the end it's exploding. And maybe you understand this. But in, then it becomes the exploding doormat, right? Because now you're, you're coming across as this harsh boundary. This is it. Because, you know, relationships, communication is a dynamic process of discovery. You know, you both have to say, hey, this kind of hurt. I feel a little, this, can we talk about, negotiate, and find our third pole here? Um, but when you start, you got to realize you're operating out of your own hurt and wound, and you're being, you know, you're feeling abandoned, and no one's showing up for you, and you're feeling rejected, and it's not enough. You know, then you put that on them as, okay, and I get it. I mean, that's pain right that's hurt that's disappointment okay that's true but we're all drowning and it doesn't matter if you're drowning at one feet seven feet 21 feet you're drowning and when she's drowning maybe they're drowning you're drowning and you know and so we all you know as human beings are going to have to learn that okay rescuers are good at trying to save rescue you know and it's okay if they're at one feet of water right okay i can reach down and you know but if it's seven feet or 21 feet, you have to take a step back and re- reassess and do a triage on yourself and the situation. But it really only takes six inches. It only takes six inches or less. Sometimes if you're a baby, an inch. Right. If you're face down, yeah. So it doesn't take a lot of water. And I don't think people but see you, this. Right. I really don't. No, I mean, we don't because it's hard to see the picture when we're in the frame. Right. You can't. Right. Because there's different... Okay. So there's different, there's different parts here of that window that you're looking through, right? And we have to embrace kind of more of this idea of 
acceptance, right? And looking through the window of tolerance and seeing the innocence and not the guilt of other people, right? Otherwise we keep judging, right? Finding, you know, the wrong. So we have one window here that is the window where, you know, you can see it, I can see it. Like, it's like the iceberg, right? The top level, it's observable. You can see it, I can see it. We both see what's observable. That's five, 10% of what you're observing. That's all you can see, that top 10%, right, of the iceberg. My behaviors, how I act, you can see them, I can see them, I can see it in the mirror, okay. Then we have, so that's, that's what's open, right? Then down here, we have the hidden part. You can see it, or I can see it, because it's within me, my fear, my shame, but you can't. You can't see what's underneath that. That's hidden, that's my shame, my fear, my pain, my anger, my past, my dreams, my longings. That part's hidden. Again, I see it, you can't. Then we have our blind spots, right? Our, you know, it's like, where's the salt? And you can't, you know, we have our blind spots. And so that's the part that I can see, or you, that, I, that you can see in me, but I can't. That is a blind spot that no one can see. That's the part where we don't know what we don't know. And so we keep fighting over those types of things instead of the humility and being saying, okay, let me stay open and flexible and real Even and vulnerable. Even when you vulnerable. think you're evolved and you've learned from the past relationships and you think you've... Oh my God, I've been doing this 30 years. I still don't know what I don't know. And I still get you know, impacted and, and I have to stop and go, what am I not willing to learn here? What, where's the, what part of this am I not willing to learn? Am I being this rescuer again and repeating the same pattern because there's something else going on within me. So now you have these three. Now the bottom one here is what's unknown. You can't see it. I can't see it. Nobody can see it. It's just that's the trauma. That's what gets reenacted over and keeps bubbling up to the surface. And you start going, ah, that's it, you know. And so we, we become these meaning-making machines and judges and stories and, you know, and looking for evidence for snakes and grass and, you know, trying to find a tiger in the room and there's no tiger you know, because that's where love and acceptance comes in, right? Can you grab me that vase right there? Sure. So let me give you some, we got to talk about some solutions now because this has been going on. We'll probably have to cut this in like three no, parts. No, it's all right. Keep going. All right. So, okay. So it's like there's these, so Lee, as we're learning here, to, there's a learning curve, a huge learning curve for all of us in, in our own curriculum for life, love relationships, business. And it's okay, right? Be gentle with no, the, the journey, only, the, the process. No, the only point of me doing this or anyone else is so that when I have a relationship like I do now, is so that the people that are in my life have a better experience with me, right? doesn't matter if it's a daughter. It doesn't matter if it's a friend. It doesn't matter if it's romantic. Mm -hmm. Ultimately, I can't repeat the cycle. Right. Like at some point, even at 51 for me, and yes, I'm not on camera, Go watch the video. Um, the reality is it has to end. Well, it's going to, well, here's the thing. It is always going to reenact itself and replay itself. How you respond to X factor and how you get beyond it is what you kind of, we always have to continue to learn to solve for X, right? So, so. Because we go through, it's like the hero's journey that you and I talk about. You know, it's leaving the known world, right? That Everything that you know. 
You only know that world, right? You're on this threshold and you're stepping out of that threshold into the unknown world where, you know, you're going to go through trials, tribulations. You're going to go through challenges. And you need a guide, you know, in the hero's journey. You need a guide, a helper, someone to kind of walk you through. You know, I've been in the pit of, you know, and then you get into the abyss. You know, it's like the part of the hero's journey. It's the, the phoenix rising, right? It's out of the ashes, the abyss, the shame. Dante's ninth hell. you got to go through all that. You know, uh, the raging against the dying light, your Lieutenant Dan moment, right? Where you, you guys ever watch Forrest Gump? You know, Lieutenant Dan, where he's raging against the dying light with God and he's like coming to terms with, you know, his grief of his loss and, you know, his legs and his life and kind of getting back to that. And then the atonement, which is, again, the undoing of all that fear and shame that we learned as children and as adults that we keep re in, re repeating and it's returned to love right the goddess or the relationship or whatever it is that you need to be you know focusing on in those moments right so there's that that part of that journey and also recognizing that we're we're all here learning you know again you don't know what you don't know in relationship life love you don't know what you're solving for calculus problem right the x and so, like children, like your daughter, right? My kids, you, me, all of us, we come into the world, we're unconsciously incompetent. We don't like to be incompetent or unconscious, but we're unconscious and we're incompetent. Okay? That's the first step, right? Recognizing, okay, it's like your daughter, you know, she doesn't know when she was two that she needed to know how to tie her shoe. I don't know how to tie shoes. I don't know what I don't know. You know, my dad's doing it. I got Velcro. It works. Right? So... The thing here, Lee, is recognizing that, okay, on this journey, right, you have your ideal, ver your future version of you, right? Who you want to choose, who you want to be, okay? And then you have what's real, the ideal and the real, okay? And then between the ideal and the real, your calculus problem and my fifth grade level fractions is this gap. And there's, that is kind of like this frustration. And some of us, because we'll either ignore the ideal, the dream, the future version of ourselves, abandon that because we shame says I can't change and be that anyway. And we just deal with it. You know, I'm just stuck in this real pain and suffering, right? Or some people ignore the real, the pain, suffering, and the hurt and, and only focus on the ideal, the future version, and we'll never look back here to see where they're missing something because that's too painful to take on, right? It's painful, especially when we're kind of blaming everybody. We had to learn to survive. And then we have this gap, right? So that's the gap between. So you come in unconsciously incompetent, and now you go, wow, I'm, I'm, now you're consciously comp incompetent. Now you know you don't know something, like tying your shoe, or writing a, a lease, or in a marriage or relationship. <laughs> and what's that produce out of you when you don't know what you don't Now you know you don't know something, you feel what? What do you feel like? Fear and shame. Fear, shame, frustration, failure. For me, it's always fear. Fear, frustration, I fatigue. I don't want to be alone. I don't want to be alone. I don't know how to do this. Frustration, right? Okay. And then you go, so, but your little girl, you know, she's two and go four now. And she goes, Daddy, I want to learn how to tie my shoe like so-and-so, right? Right. So she, you show her, you guide her, you teach her, you follow her, you parent her. You know, you're the competent giant in her life and you're showing her another way, right? Now she now she knows, now she's competent, competent and 
She's, she's consciously now competent. She moves from the conscious incompetence. Now she knows something. Now she's, we're practicing this whole thing, right? Practicing tying a shoe, riding a bike, riding alone, selling a house, doing this relationship dance, moving past our patterns, okay? And then like you're a fighter, you've done, you got all your fights and you have all your degrees in all these things. And now you become unconsciously competent, which is the mastery. That's now you've mastered something. Right. And from birth to the grave, we are always learning, unlearning, relearning how to work through some of these things, right? So we have to be aware that this is, there's no shame in trying to learn how to work through, you know, because all these patterns, they're going to show up in your business, your relationships, your love life, your children, your families, you know, certainly, you know, one day, hopefully not, even Lee and I will have to work through our own little you know, little, little vicious cycle dance. I don't know. It's possible. We're both humans, right? But here's the antidote. I'm going to give you the antidote of all of this in a very simple way to think about this, right? It's about creating awareness. And it's also about creating acceptance of yourself and others, you know, um, in our, you know, it's, it's easy to love the enemy out there and to give compassion and empathy to the beggars and you know out there but you know by a lot of times it's hard to love and accept when we discover that the enemy is in here there is no love no acceptance when the beggars in here the one that's hurting that's in here and the one that's in pains in here there is no love compassion or acceptance it's just anger rage rock you you fool you know you know name calling or whatever and we don't realize we all need to get into the space of love and acceptance, right? So I brought, I asked, I asked Lee to bring my little, my little vase here. Now here's, here's the takeaway for you guys to practice, just to practice. And I love this principle. It's called wabi-sabi love. In the Japanese culture, they have this um, practice. Uh, it's called the, the art of imperfection. Okay, I'm imperfect. Lee's perfect, but. I am. He's working on his imperfections. But with these vases, they get a crack in it, right? And they fade and they get old. And we're all broken. We all have these wounds and cracks and everything, right, Lee? So that cracks there. I have cracks. You got cracks. It's like Rocky said, you know, Hey, Adrian, I got gaps. You got gaps. We're going to fill each other's gaps, right? So what are we going to fill that with, right? Rocky, Adrian and Rocky. That's where we're going with this. So that I wish you would have used any other analogy because he actually got smarter as the movies went on. But I digress. Go ahead. Well, see, but that's part of the evolution, right? He grew. That's no, that's not how brain trauma works. <laughs> oh, sorry. I see. No, I know that. Oh, we I, had this uh, discussion on oh, Fight Net oh, Radio. Yeah, yeah. I'm oh, yeah. sorry. No, that's a good point, though. Oh, we'll my God. The guy about, actually got smarter we'll, we'll with take, brain we'll trauma. Take, we'll talk about TBI later. Oh, oh my God. Injury. But again, so what I the, get the point. It's Japanese, right? Yes. Okay. Thank you for validating my point. Absolutely. So we got this crack. So what do the Japanese do? In our society, we were talking about this the other day about disposable relationships, right? We just dispose of it. We right. get rid of I'm it. Done. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. It's broken. Throw it away. Discard it. Dispose of it. Instead of Right. Instead of right. Instead of so what they do is they take twenty four karat gold and they put it and you can find pictures of wabi sabi vases wabi-sabi love so love is the goal that we put into these imperfections right 
Wee's really good at seeing that in other people and putting that into their cracks, right? You're very kind. And so, and then he, when he doesn't like it anymore, he throws it away. I will probably throw it away, yeah. But the, the idea here of love and acceptance, right? To see not just other people's cracks, but we, we have to see our own innocence and not our own guilt. We've got to see the innocence and not the guilt in others too. To put that 24 karat gold in there. And you know what they do, these vases? They put them into a museum and they shine a light on it to accentuate and actually honor those imperfections and cracks. Now as I'm gonna get emotional. And you begin to go look at the beauty of those cracks. And you find love and acceptance in that. You know, and as people that are, you know, like is real estate people fire all these things appreciate the cracks now if you're a real estate person and you're trying to sell a house of cracks that but that we're not talking houses we're talking about human beings right but we do that with houses and cars you know i bought a new car i get a scratch in it i want to throw it away because it's got a scratch in it people are not cars we're not cars we're not we're human beings or people i can safely say this about the people i care for yeah that's a powerful analogy. Well, that is the antidote to our human suffering in a lot of ways, because all these comparisons that we make, you know, a lot of you in, in the real estate business and fighting business and relationship <laughs> business, you know, we're always running a pattern around comparing. Again, comparisons are that one up, one down, right, wrong, significance, insignificant, you know, superior, inferior. Those patterns are going to kill us as humans because that is the root of suffering and a thief of our joy. And until we begin to learn to love and accept ourselves and others, again, it's not just self-love because self-love is only goes so far until I learn to other love and to other accept. And I'm not talking bad behavior, narcissism, abuse, addictions, um, you know, violence, those you have to have healthy boundaries on and say, I'm going to have to love you from a distance, go to AA, you know, take an anger management, come back and we'll talk again. So I'm not talking those kinds, abuse is never okay, hitting, anger, okay, that's not, that's not the type of acceptance, love and acceptance I'm talking about, because that's where you have to do more loving you and accepting yourself and your value and your worth and get into a safe community to work through all that. Right. And that's what we're building connections about. That's what, you know, rebooting relationships, whether it's working with me as a couple or, or team, whatever we're doing here is to find another way to remind ourselves that we all have the power and freedom to choose something very different, if you're willing. So thanks, guys. Anything you want to add, Lee? How do they contact you? 310 and my uh, email is joe at rebuildingconnections.com, connection.com.